Well, get one. Have an idea. You're an idea man. Go with me on that one. You're an idea man. I'm, I'm, idea. I'm an idea man who comes up with invention. Of Here's My Idea. I'm Brian 2. I'm Brian 1. And we are joined today by the original Brian 3. Welcome, Brian Getz. Thanks for coming on. What's going on, guys? Great to be here. Happy uh, Happy New Year. I understand yeah. you're, big, you're a big bride guy. Is that what you were telling us before we press record? Big bride guy. I've been listening to the show. Um, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't typically meet too many other people named Brian. Um, it's very rare that I get to have a conversation with two other Brians and then have it really get in the way. Like, you're, you're usually pretty safe with the name Brian that it's not going to be super kind. It's not like naming your kid like Andrew or Alex, right? Like, you're, you're kind of setting them up for some degree of uniqueness, but uh, not today. You think Brian is a less common name than much? You think Brian is a significantly less common name than Alex, for example? I think the statistics would absolutely support that it is significantly less common. I think we're looking, if we're going to tier names by like, you know, of names that you've heard into five categories, um, yeah, category one being your, yeah, your Alex, your Andrew. Um, I think Brian's tier three, maybe tier four, just in terms of commonality. I think I, think, I, think I would have to disagree. And so would my girlfriend. She would, uh, her big thing is to say, you go into a room of, of white men, one of them's going to be named Brian. <laughs> He's probably right. If you if you segment by white males, particularly in America, I think that yeah, I think those numbers start to change pretty quickly. Brian Brian is the twenty third most common name, according to the first website that comes up. Top names over the last hundred years. Brian is the twenty third most common name. That's pretty high. Yeah. All right. So that's our show. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Uh, good episode. I was catching the episode from the 29th where you guys were going on about the, it was the chat roulette between the moderated chat roulette and the unmoderated chat roulette, which is basically just phallic images constantly. Um, so I was trying to pick images so much as it's actual penises. Live footage. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I was really trying to picture the team that has to run that and look at that on a regular basis. Right. It's like, do you think they knew that going in that this was going to be the job? Like can you imagine trying to hire for that? Be like, Hey, what you're really going to do day to day is, <laughs> Do you think the chat roulette has a big team of people whose job that is? I think there's a non-zero. There's like a there's a non-zero and more than one number of people who work on that. Like the, the officer Krupke of chat roulette who has to go like, hey, 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 get that stuff out of the get that stuff out of the moderator. <laughs> and it, it kind of gives way to something because ideally, what they could eventually do, right, is start to use AI to block these things out, right? Meaning you have a computer that understands what live footage of just a dick is, and then can filter that accordingly, right? If you wanted to put it into a, like a dick tag, for example. Yeah, but if chat roulette starts blocking the dicks, then they don't have a reason to have a website anymore. Which is the great question, right? Of like, do they offer anything to society other than live footage of-, of From our experience, literally they do not. There was zero, there was one guy on the moderated chat roulette. The unmoderated chat roulette was entirely penises. So I think if they start blocking those, uh, yeah, they have no reason to be a website. It's, inter it's uh, interesting, though, that Omega has less of an issue. I mean, there was certainly several amount of dicks on the Omega, but I found there was a lot less. Well, it wasn't 100%, so yes, it was. there were fewer dicks. Um, and yeah, a lot of nice people. If you haven't listened to that episode, check it out. It was from the 29th, our New Year's edition. We went on Omega, pitched some of our best ideas, including the, uh, the certified pre-owned jackets to people, and they were very excited about it. And... Generally very supportive of the ideas. It was a quality episode. 
some good questions too about what if you were to excrete any kind of bodily fluids into the jacket, which was, I, I guess, where you start to go with it. But it, it kind of makes sense, right? Like I've gotten some great vintage jackets that I've found, which are great. You can have sex in the back of a car and then return at the end of your lease and no one bats an eye. But for some reason, when you say the word certified pre-owned jacket, people get very upset. Anyways, Brian's going to tell me I'm talking too much about the jackets. You know, I got a, I got a text from my dad. Uh, and then he, he texted me saying, what's up with Brian too with the jackets? All he ever brings up is the jackets. Because it's, it's maybe the best idea that's come out of the podcast. And it was met with such disrespect that... I need to, I feel, I feel the need to bring it up. I felt the need to go to Omegle to get the people on my side and they generally work. So, but we're on too much of a tangent. We haven't gotten to the ideas. Brian, we asked you on today because I was home for the holidays. I was in the suburbs of New Jersey and the biggest problem at my parents' house for years has been the same thing, which is raccoons and squirrels eating their garbage. Major issue. They've invested hundreds, if not thousands of dollars into a variety of trash cans over the years to try to stop this from happening. And every time I'm home, there is a different animal that is eating the trash. And Brian, we talked the other day and you had a solution for me. So you got it. You had to come on the podcast. Brian, what do you got for us today? Keep in mind that Brian two was texting Brian three thinking it was me the whole time. We had a whole proxy conversation that, you know, it's one of those where it's like, you ever get a text like that where it's like, oh, I thought you were someone else. It's like, oh, oh cool. Like, I'm glad that I was uh, able to fill in for this person. You texted, me, you texted me something and I just responded as Brian, one and I will often message each other ideas back and forth. And I got, you sent an idea about the trash and I just responded, save it for the podcast, which was probably rude to someone I don't constantly <laughs> talk about the podcast with. But I'm glad you came on. So, Brian, we're on the podcast now. What do you got for us? This is guest relations at, at the Here's My Idea podcast. <laughs> so, I, I, really, I really started with the problem on this, right? Which is that, you know, what are the creatures that attack garbages, right? That, that's the really annoying thing. And, and personal experience with this, too. When I was in high school, I accidentally made this mistake. I, I thought I was being helpful by putting the trash cans out the night before. Of course, animals came in and destroyed everything. And I'd made a big mess and I didn't realize at the time. So I really want to start with the perpetrators, right? Which I, I think are, are exactly what you described, are, are squirrels and raccoons. Yeah, um, for sure. At my parents' house, those are the two big issues. Those are the two big uh, culprits. There's a theory, there's a, there's a possum theory floating around, but there's no visual proof. Yeah, I, and I'm with that. I'm happy to put possums in the outlier. I also feel like they're kind of a cross between a squirrel and a raccoon, you know, from the jump. So we'll, we'll put them in that third category of kind of outliers. Um, and it makes sense that these would be your problems, right? I mean, they're, they're, they, they work in teams, um, they're smart, they're persistent. There's a lot of them in the Northeast. Um, so it, it would make sense. Um, but there's also weaknesses, right? They're good climbers. They have very weak little hands. Um, their teeth can't get through things there, right? So question number one is the- Brian, I'm, I'm beginning to question your expertise because I saw a squirrel chew right through a plastic garbage can. See, and that I think is the problem. Plastic and rubber garbage cans to begin with, right? Because if they can get through the material, they can get through the material, right? Like you would have to ultimately make that material different, meaning metal. I'm a big proponent of the metal garbage cans. I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I don't, I don't understand the move to plastic. Plastic actually smells more also. So then I feel like I've never seen a metal garbage can with wheels. The wheels thing, I think, you know, could you put wheels on a metal garbage can? Sure, it just wasn't tried out. I think the garbage cans used to be metal in the past, but then there was that whole plastics thing in the 80s, like I'm reminded of, what is it, The Graduate, the right? The Graduate, yes. Yeah, 
great, great future in plastics. That's, um, that's plastics every, single, every single dad's favorite movie line is that line from The Graduate. And it, it's not funny. I don't even really get it. It's dated. It stinks. That movie stinks. The Graduate's so overrated. I can't stand it. It's accurate, though. You know, that was, at the time, plastics was it. And now we have a great anti-plastics movement, right, where, you know, uh, I, I live in San Francisco. I, I pay extra to, to have a bag when I leave a store. So that, that's actually part of my solution is item number one is, is invest in a metal garbage can. And, and that's just part of it, right? Because from, what, from what I can tell, just quickly looking on Google, is I don't see any metal garbage can with wheels. Neither do I. I. See, I see this one that I just Googled. It's like a hand truck. It's not even a garbage can. And the only metal ones I see are just the one, just the, the typical metal, like the thin metal garbage cans with like the cap and that's it. So yeah. why, first of all, that's a, a one question, if anyone knows the answer to it. Why do metal garbage cans never have wheels? I think that the move from garbage cans went from metals to plastics, more on the supplier side, right? That they can, th th there's better margins on plastics um, and then they're just easier to crank out and they don't last as long, right? So they can sell you more garbage cans over time. So I think it's really the supplier thing pushing the wheels, wheels being a later intervention, right? If you lived in the fifties, you had to carry that thing that was smaller outside and put it where it needed to be. There was no, no drag. Which is really amazing that they didn't, that was, that was a bad voice crack. Uh, that was really amazing that they didn't uh, figure out how to put wheels on garbage cans in the, it seems like it's right there for you. And they, and they probably didn't. Ryan, think can you imagine how famous we'd be if we lived in the 50s? Like, I feel like our ideas <laughs> would like blow people's minds. We'd be like, hey, put wheels on the garbage cans. People would be falling over. We'd be billionaires. We'd be billionaires. Millionaires back then adjusting for inflation. But yes, <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> millionaires, like you were like Daddy Warbucks back then. If you were a millionaire, that was all it took. <laughs> You know what I wonder would help with garbage cans? You know how they're always the, you pull them off and everything, or sometimes they have like the handles, like the ones I have at home are the handles where they, they lock them from like this, from each like handle kind of. Mm -hmm. My thought is I haven't seen a garbage can where you twist the, the cap off. Like those like Talenti, like ice cream containers. You mean That's a good, yes. Really protecting. Yeah. Yeah. Would that stop like animals from getting in there? They wouldn't be able to, those little hands wouldn't. Yeah, they probably couldn't. I, I, I don't think I could see a squirrel, like a team of squirrels twisting off the top of a garbage can. So that's one idea. Wouldn't what be. about this? Hold on. What about this? Maybe I'm, an, maybe I'm an idiot to maybe this exists. What if you make the barrel still plastic? You just make the cap metal. <clears throat> if the cap wouldn't metal, that be, a squirrel couldn't get in through that. Why wouldn't they be able to just bite through the, the plastic part? I've never seen a squirrel go through the side. They always go through the top. Now, is there a reason for that, or is that just something that we just that we never noticed? Leverage problem. They don't have. A, they don't have. A, they don't, yeah, they don't have a good angle. Yeah, they, they 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 can't go from the side, and like they're not. They can't. <laughs> I wish our, I wish our audience can see Brian too trying to act like a squirrel right now on screen. They can't, they can't like they can't jump and hit. You know what I mean? They got to come from the top and go down. And flying squirrels was part of my consideration with all this. I was, I was a little bit nervous about that, that even if you secure the ground around the garbage can, that they could jump in and fly. I know there aren't flying squirrels. Yeah, I was going to say, flying squirrels are about as real as fires, and they don't really exist. If we so, could also say that we've solved for flying, for flying squirrels, I think that would be an accomplishment just on the, on the product side. It's just something I'd be excited about. So is the issue for this just like houses, or I mean, just like apartment buildings? Because I'm assuming for people who have houses, they usually keep the garbage cans indoors. No, no, dude, this is a problem I think more for people with houses because people 
who keep gar- my my parents have tried to keep the garbage cans inside, and then animals get in the garage, or bugs can bugs can get in the garage, you know, easier. So you have to keep them outside, and the smell is also a problem too. If you're keeping all your garbage inside, right. And you have to put them out like right before the collection comes. Otherwise, yeah, if it's outside overnight, it, it, it's going to become more of a problem. And then cities, it, it's a whole other thing too. Because like even in SF too, like, you know, you've got all kinds of problems, right? It's not just you've got hills, you've got people diving into stuff and uh, drunk people messing stuff up. So it's, uh, I, I, I think, yeah, I think you can, you can start to solve for the, I, I guess the squirrel raccoon problem is, is more of a suburban one than the alternative. I haven't seen too many squirrels. No, I've seen some squirrels in SF, but but not raccoons. Really. Raccoons are a problem in New York. That's for sure. Central Park. Central Park. There are some gigantic raccoons. They run. This, raccoons run Central Park after dark. So this this kind of segued into like what I was thinking, right? Is like yes. then maybe insurance becomes the primary factor, right? Like I think no matter what you do, I think you need a stronger overall garbage can. That's probably a good investment to make for anyone. Um, but I think about then deterrence, right? Because we don't need to keep them out of any garbage can, right? Otherwise, squirrels and raccoons starve to death. They don't get to eat anyone's garbage. We just want them eating somewhere else that isn't in front of our house. And then we've really solved our problem, right? It's, it's not about addressing the entire, uh, you know, uh, trash stealing problem. So what I was thinking are, are what are these small rodents really afraid of, right? And in that case, that would probably be a snake, like a motorized snake. You can't get a real one because that's too much work. Um, but here's basically the idea. You get a honing device, like an egg. You place this egg on the outside of your garbage can, right? My motorized electric snake that I've designed and built will surround the garbage can at night doing circles, almost like a guard dog would. You know what I mean? It has red eyes. It has a little hisser in the tail. It really, to an animal, would seem like there's a real snake guarding it. If it gets too close, the thing kind of picks up and tries to scare you off. So uh, basically like a, a robotic snake scarecrow. A robotic snake scarecrow. Let me ask you this. I have two questions here one um what about i feel like that would probably be pretty expensive to make i mean i feel like you're basically designing a, a more advanced Roomba, which is already crazy expensive that's exactly what i was thinking too so then what about this yeah this is kind of a tangent brian i feel like you have a more germane point and then i'll come back with my tangent in a minute no that's just my immediate thought was it just seems very expensive and i don't know i guess the same thing as if like you were going to buy like some sort of like smell deterrent or something you know the smell deterrent is very effective too i mean people really do use like you can go to a store and buy like bear urine or something like that to like put on your property and it will keep animals away so that's the most effective um but it's not like you have to keep replenishing it you know what i mean and like hey go out and buy some bear urine right like it could really is there any chance that that bear urine attracts other bears because the bears in the neighborhood are like oh there's bears in this house like i want to hang out with some other bears and they go there that's That's yeah, you're right. You might be making it worse. It's like your parents have raccoons today. They've got black bears tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. So I have two thoughts here. One, I think, with regard to the snakes, I think what if we had kind of a, what's the name of the toy? A jack in the box, like a pop goes the weasel situation. Where right. like, this Roomba snake seems like it's going to be too expensive. But what if we had it set up where you opened the top of the trash can? Like, like as soon as the squirrel like nibbled on the trash can, cartoon snake not cartoon snake but fake snake pops open i feel like that's scaring some squirrels i i don't i don't think i don't think that's viable only because like a raccoon or something they just knock over the trash can your trash is everywhere and then they're just going into it right like 
and, and that that's kind of what I, where I was going with the fake predator is like we need to keep that thing away like we don't want that thing within two feet of the garbage can because once they get too close it's like capture the flag where it's like now you've got to defend against them potentially exiting with something so it's about really keeping that two foot radius around the, the, what about this idea yeah because this is kind of to go back on your idea. You, you, you were describing the problem, Brian, three, as almost like you would treat like homeless people. Like they got to eat, but you know what? I don't want them to eat out of my stuff. You know what I mean? What if we set up like a soup kitchen for the squirrels and raccoons where we got a lot of food that they liked and just put it in a place where that wasn't around us? So like my parents could buy a bunch of tempting food for squirrels and raccoons and just like put it in our neighbor's yard, who's kind of a jerk, right? And then all, they all just go over there. And they eat that stuff, and then they stay out of our garbage. This would be an amazing solution, particularly if it could come with some kind of documentation that that's really the squirrel's natural habitat is left, yes. right? You could have some kind of person come in, do a survey, and say, oh, no, the squirrels for generations have lived in this property, not yours. Exactly. Well, service with it. Um, I think that would be a really effective way to solve the problem. Do you think when people are, like, inventing or creating these garbage cans, and they like focus groups. Do you think they have like just animals on hand to see if they can get into them? Those days, probably not. Unfortunately, which is which is bad. Um, but no, I, I don't think that they truly took in animal infiltration in the way that they needed to consider it. Because that is probably, if you think about your garbage can consumer, that's probably top three issues that are dogging them regularly. It's probably the only one. What other garbage issues are there? smell the wheels That's probably the worst because they're tough to clean you know I mean which is why i recommend people get metal garbage cans particularly for indoors right you get some plastic thing and it gets too rank like you just have to replace it for the metal one you could spray down and clean so so our ideal garbage can so far is metal with wheels and a twist top, twist top yep i like the twist top also because i was thinking about this if someone in anywhere knocked it over it wouldn't spill out it's a great point and we got to make it square also. That way it doesn't roll away. I hate when it does that. Square. Square is a good point. Because why are they not? Because the rolling is an issue. And then one of the solutions, because New York has, has solved this problem, to be honest. We just can't use the same solution. So in New York, all the garbage cans have that lip that goes out. So it looks almost like a vase um, from the base. And that's basically so that if anything gets in, it just can't get back out. Um, they're all built like that. Hmm. Where they're anti-escape. So once they're in the bin, they're staying in the bin. And then it's on, on the collectors, basically. Huh. I haven't seen those. I know in Boston, they have like the solar panel ones where uh, they'll compact them as you go along, which I don't know. I think that'd be too expensive for us, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, um, all right. So the snake, I, I agree the snake is expensive, but there are other predators that might be easier, right? Like all we need is a robot to basically circle the perimeter like a guard dog and, uh, and, and just get us covered here, right? It could have like little lights and cracking sounds and things that would scare animals. Like something that just would, whatever animal came wandering over to this garbage can, it would see this thing or hear it move and just head off right in the right I think I think what would make your idea easier is if say the garbage can we were inventing, it like on the bottom, it just spun around. Like I, it was literally attached to the garbage can and it just spun around with like, and it was like, it looked like some sort of like predator or whatever. So I, so I have the idea. I just came up with it. I have it. You ready? Hit me. Remote control garbage cans. You see a squirrel coming, boom, you move it. The squirrel, you do that two or three times, they get afraid. And then here, how about this? Yeah, but then you're like Caddyshack with binoculars having to like stand there and watch. You know what I mean? That's basically what we do anyway when I'm home because it's, it's 
<laughs> don't I, you want to automate it? Don't you want a garbage can that can protect itself with a snake? I do ideally, but I think you do it. But then here's the other thing about the remote control garbage. Can. You're going to wake up at 3 a.m. To, to remote control your garbage can? You only have to remote control it once or twice, and then the squirrel will start to learn. Like, that's the one that moves. Let's go to any other garbage can in the neighborhood. We would need more squirrel demographics to know for certain. Here's the other thing about the remote control garbage cans. Right now we're in the dead of winter. It's freezing cold. I don't want to go outside to, to drag the garbage from the back of the house to the front of the house. Boom, remote control that sucker right up to the front. That's good. Why, why, why stop there? Why not just do it as like a Roomba where it, 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 uh, it automatically takes itself out? That would be nice, but then the problem is... Uh, I don't, I don't trust it. What if you put like a rip cord on the top with like a thing at the end and then like a spinner where it could basically just create a force field, right? It could just spin like a rope around itself and just kind of lasso itself into protection. So here's what I'm now laughing because <laughs> the whole premise of this was literally an invention for my mom so that she, the idea of my mom trying to handle automated, automated spinning garbage cans moving around her driveway. It would be about a month before the garbage cans joined together and overtook the house. It's, it's a tough call to be honest. Like you, you want something that you can just set it and forget it. Um, but then th the ways to do that. I still like, is there, is there agreement that we want to scare the animals away or is there a better way to keep them from, cause like if we can get them away from that initial gnaw, I think we've, we've made progress. Yeah, I think, well, aren't raccoons afraid of light? What if you just have like a light that don't they not like light? Isn't that a thing? They're nocturnal, but how does... The we'll, just, we'll just put lights at the bottom of it, you know? Just Christmas lights? I feel like you got to have more light than that. I think lights and sound, if it was both, if it was... Like, that would be enough to jar an animal into going somewhere else. What if we just compost the garbage and then we just share it with the animals? It's like, it's your garbage now. You would enjoy it. You could package... I mean, what if you did a small biodegradable decoy garbage can for the animals to get into. I mean, this is similar to your idea of putting it on the neighbors, right? But you could yeah. offer them tribute garbage that they could take and then they leave the, the, the jackpot alone. That's we all have. We could give them an offering. Right. What if there was some sort of vibration that happened in the trash can? Like a motion detector and it just shook. That would because work. That's, nothing is scarier as a person than when the garbage can shakes because you think that there's a raccoon already inside. You know, you have a calls are coming inside from inside the house situation. But what if as a squirrel approaches, it just shakes? Well, and yeah. The squirrel thinks that there's some predator in there, something going on. I don't it know. It could at them. It could hiss at them like a snake. Yes. It shakes and hisses. And yeah. it's twisting on and it's metal. So now I feel like we got, now I feel like we got something going. I'm surprised there's no twist off uh, garbage cans. Yeah, I wonder why that is. There's got to be, well, the worst garbage cans are clearly just the ones where like the lid is already on there and you just flap it up and down. Those stink. The, the ones where you actually push it down, you get some force. That's, that's probably your, your next level. Garbage. Yeah, just doing a quick Google search. I don't see any uh, twist garbage cans. Do we have a name for this? For, for which of the things that we've thrown out there? Well, the, 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 metal, metal, the, metal, the, the metal square garbage can with wheels with a twist cap. Can you have a twist cap that's square? Internally, it would have to be circle. It would have yeah. to be square on the outside and circular on the inside. Mm -hmm. Well, um, maybe not even maybe not even square. Just like it has like flat parts to it on the on the outside of the circle, just to make sure it doesn't roll. Yeah, and we could even do something. You could do like a pentagonal garbage can, something different.
because that doesn't exist. Yeah. And they just. All right. So we do. Need a name. We need a name for it for the. So it's a it's a square twisting metal garbage can with wheels, and that's a pretty good name right there. That really rolls. Up. Um, the rolling twist can. You're big into literal names, Brett. You love a yeah. good. You love a good literal name. Yep. Square can round hole. Huh? That's something. What? There's that phrase, square peg in a round hole, but this is a square can in a round hole because the hole's round. This you might be square, can, square can you believe the raccoons can't get into this? The impenetrable can? That's not bad. Yeah, because I feel like whatever you do has to call upon garbage can, trash bin, can. You know what I mean? Something that lets people know what this, what this is at its core. The canister. The can deter. It deters squirrels. That's, whew, that's too good. <laughs> um, I'm Which, stuck on a name. I got no name. Never been done before. Something like that. You can really play on the bin thing. That doesn't work either. Have you been stumped on other products for names? Like, has this called into? Has, has been? Has been? Has this? Has this been one of the more difficult naming decisions that you guys have had to make? I think, if I'm being honest, I think we came up with one great name, and we're kind of resting on our laurels for names since then. Right? I can't think of any I, other I, good well, names. My my issue is, I think this product specifically, I think you can't really come up with a name for a garbage can other than just like a garbage can, because like when you look up garbage cans online. They never really have names. They're just garbage can. Yeah, but I've, I'm thinking we go to Shark Tank with it, like sharks. We our company is called Can Dam. Twist a can. Twist can. The garbage twist. Let's do the twist. Chubby checker. Chubby checker likes to twist. King. That's what you say when you play checkers. Checker can. Is there something with like twist and shout? Twist and out. Because the squirrels are out. <laughs> I'm sometimes. This might be a question for the Bry guys. I like twisting out. Twisting out's not terrible. What's like a heavy metal expression? Because like it's metal, right? There's like metal. Pedal to the metal. Okay, hold on. Well, get in the foxhole. Get in the foxhole with me on pedal. Is this, to the metal. Is, is this is this product greener than uh, the other trash cans? Whether it is or not, I'm going to say that marketing wise, yes. <laughs> I can make a case that it is. It's, the whole eco-friendly thing has gotten so soft in terms of like what it actually means. Um, it's it's like how everything is gourmet now. It's like it just doesn't matter. But yes, this is. I don't know. We'll say the eco-friendly trash can. Yeah, I like that. What about pests? Pests is a pest is a is a good word to play with. Pest and also I think clean. Pest can troll. There it is. Thank you for the standing ovation. Pest can troll. And we're kind of trolling the animals too. So it's kind of, it works on a third level. Right. You could have a bunch of animals kind of peering at this garbage can. Like, yeah, I can't get in. Yeah. All right. Like there it. we go. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll just call a patent attorney right after this and just see kind of what, what needs to be done there. Um, Please do. I think we just built a better trash can. In, in I agree. If I'm going to be honest, I think we moved past the remote control trash can a little too quickly for my taste. But other than that, I think it's a solid episode. These could also be like add-ons, like with anything else. Like you buy, like your, your, um, your pest can troll comes with, you know, that's just your standard garbage can. And then you can buy this, the snake add-on, which is like a little thing you put in the bottom of the can that then makes a snake noise when anyone gets by it. 
Right. And the add-ons are where you make the most money, right? It's That's like, right. If you, on your first purchase, we'll come to your house and take one raccoon away from you. <laughs> if you sign up, we'll do that every week for you. And I think what we have to do is we have to go, we have to like saturate the neighborhood. Like here's what we do, right? Like let's say my parents buy the, uh, the pest control. We're then going to our na- all of my parents' neighbors and just dropping off squirrels and raccoons every night in their backyard. Yeah. And now they're coming and now they're saying to my parents, ours is overrun. How have you guys been? They're like, we've been solid because we got this great garbage can. Yeah. Especially if you had a device that was sort of the opposite of a bird feeder, it could just throw bird feed in other directions. You know what I mean? It could launch onto <laughs> rival properties. And send that's, out that's where that, that, that be the, the best part of this. There's the launching. That's, that's actually not bad. Once a squirrel gets close, you launch bird feed. Yeah, some other direction. <laughs> right, because typically a bird feeder is designed to draw animals in, and this would be to draw animals away from your property. That's not bad. All right, well, Ryan Getz, thank you very much for joining us. Um, oh, and speaking of, um, th- thank you very much for joining us, Brian. Um, Brian, one, tell the folks where they can find us on Instagram. Here's my idea podcast, and you can also follow us on Snapchat at Bellberg10. So you can't follow us there. Whoa. Stunning development. Stunning development. How long? We've been doing this podcast six months or so. Every episode, we've been saying Bellberg10, follow, follow me on Snapchat. Shit, snap me there. I haven't had Snapchat on my phone in probably a couple years. I re-downloaded it the other day for this purpose because I was like, I wonder if anyone actually ever snaps me there. My username is not Bellberg10. <laughs> it's Bellberg. Just Bellberg. No 10. So the broadcast has probably been sending me all these nice supportive messages. That's why I haven't gotten it. I don't, I don't think, think that you've been getting training. thousands upon thousands of Snapchats. Probably. Probably thousands. I mean, or, or good news, good on you, whoever has the Bellberg 10 Snapchat, because they're probably loving whatever's coming their way. You guys should Snapchat them and try to get them on the next show. We should see and see all the lovely messages that have been going to them, telling, telling them how much they love the ideas. But yeah, so snap us at Bellberg. Follow us. Here's my idea podcast. Brian, you work at Google. Send it all. Do what you do at Google and just like put it in everyone's brain without them really knowing what you did. SEO, SEO. That's right. SEO is exactly right. It's like ask any CEO at SEO. is They're like, oh, it's magic. There you go. So make it happen. You know what else is magic? The pest control. It's going to be revolution. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the first royalty check. Have you guys, uh, I mean, we'll have to, uh, you know, consult the, uh, the show's counsel here, but yeah, is, is there, are, are there distribution amounts that you guys have, have kind of already worked out or do we, do we handle that on the back end? Yeah, Brian, we kind of stop after the podcast ends. It's kind of where the ideas typically end on this show. Yeah, so good. <laughs> Who does, you know, one of the money, we're in it just because we want these ideas to be exist. We want these trash cans. We don't care about earning money from the trash can idea. We just want the trash cans in our life. Exactly. Just trying to make the world a better place. One stupid idea at a time. All right, well, come back next week. Thanks again, Brian. Brian, the babe they call Brian. He grew, 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 and grew. Grew up to be, grew up to be a boy called Brian. A boy called Brian. Had arms and legs and hands and feet. This boy.